Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Welcome back to the podcast Hunger and Thirst Theater, who are back with an evening of one acts entitled Strangers in the Night, because, well, that's what they're all about. I spoke with several members of the team after a recent performance. Take a listen. Uh, I like to start with everyone's okay. name on yeah, the mic, so let me know who you are and what you did on the show. Okay. Uh, I'm Patricia Lynn. I wrote the first one act of the evening, Screwed, and I played Molly as well. I'm Philip Estrera. I played Stranger. It's the second one act, and it's Bottling Dreams of Tearful Don't Know Her. And, oh, and I wrote, yeah. I wrote some of the monologues for the interstitial monologues for Frank... I'm glad you mentioned that. I was going to ask who did those. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And also, I'm Natalie, but getting back to me, Patty, <laughs> as well, also directed the interstitial yes, monologues. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we got to give credit where it's due. Yeah, so, grab that credit. And then um, I play other half in the second one-act, Bottling Dreams of the Tearful Don't Know Her. Those two one-acts are part of an evening that Hunger and Thirst is calling Strangers in the Night. Um, and you know, I still have the sound of uh, old blue eyes in my head as we as we leave, uh, rightfully so. So, um, tell me, like, what this is like when you're telling your friends come see this. What are you telling them that they're coming to see? How do you describe it? That's been a challenge, right? <laughs> um, I think we went through a, a wide like. How do you do you advertise it as one? whole piece do you advertise as two pieces at one point i think we did do the two and then we did a melding of it for like one like whole marketing thing of saying like um it's an evening of nocturnal yeah my i think my favorite description is it's an evening of provocative nocturnal stories and so there's two one-act plays and we've created the character frank who serves as the interstitial stitch I just acted. He does monologues he, he, in between the one acts. Um, and finds a way to kind of uh, guide the audience through the two different, very different worlds of the plays. And so, you know, when we decided to do an evening of one acts, I was very interested in finding a way for it to still feel like one evening versus, you know, mm-hmm. when you see one act play festivals and community theater and it's just, you do one and then there's a blackout and the stagehands come out and move furniture and then there's no kind of thread or you know finding ways to uh, clarify or for those who want to be clarification of why we're choosing to put these two pieces together. So that was going to be my next question because I think if you just uh, if somebody had submitted these two scripts to uh, blindly uh, one person reading it and I, I don't know that off the bat somebody would say these go together um, they go together they you've made them go together and, and Frank helps but what said for hunger and thirst put these together well I think I will answer that but before that um, our, our playwright Emily who wrote the second piece uh, bottling uh, she flew into town from Georgia and so she's been with us uh, through dress rehearsal preview the last few days and she had a little time away and then coming back to it, she said something that I thought was really beautiful about the whole evening is that, you know, it's all about strangers and the intimacy um, that can develop between total strangers for the best, for the worst, for who knows, uh, but that the actual one acts are also strangers to each other. So in some ways, the fact that they, that you wouldn't necessarily put them together, that they weren't written specifically to go next to each other, 
all, I mean, it's a big umbrella, but it all falls it stands under to reason, the, yeah. you know, this sort of strange umbrella. Right. Well, and we, uh, so I wrote Screwed and I shared it with the company and kind of, and then I posed the idea, do we do an evening of one acts? And we started talking about the themes in Screwed and like what are ways we could create an evening. And one theme that came up was tr- putting your trust in a total stranger. Mm-hmm. And Emily was like, oh, I have this play that I, she, because she had workshopped it at Dixon Place, and she's like, that there's a character named Stranger, you know, that's very much about the, that theme. And so it's like, well, let's read both back to back. And we, you know, we sat in this theater and we just read them and we were like, because, you know, on the page I was like, I'm not sure these go together, so let's hear them out loud. Um, and we heard them out loud and it was like, I don't know why. <laughs> But they go together. They do go together. And let's explore this, because this is really exciting um, to take two pieces that use language differently, use visual imagery completely differently, um, use tone and theme very differently, because Emily and I are two very different writers. And that was very exciting to us versus finding something, two pieces that were more... Uh, like obvious. Obvious, right. So it's like, okay, these this is the bold choice we're making. Now let's create this character to, of Frank to help everything go together. Yeah. And we didn't we didn't alter any of the text from the original plays, no. the two plays. Yeah. They just sort of were like, oh, these do work together in the process. But then it was like, how do you... Because we didn't want to just throw two things up. We wanted to try and then like like curate well they were curated but then create an evening around it Mm -hmm. and so that was the job of the frank monologues which originally actually started with all me well i started with the two playwrights and then i i I had an idea and i just threw it out there and like oh well that's interesting so we were each doing um a part of like before each section but in the end like i think you had come up with the idea thinking that like Oh, but we need to we need to unify this one voice. Let's just have, let's take our voices out. Have Phil, like me, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> me. have okay. Phil. Okay. Okay. Have Phil, have Phil, flesh it out, connect it, take the thing I had written, and then try and then repurpose it to like fit like the new structure that we had for this evening. Because it had changed a couple times. Right. Um, and we had a lot of material, and it was just mm-hmm. kind of like sitting down with it and going, like, mm-hmm. this is, we need that. This is beautiful language, but we don't need this yeah. for the evening. Yeah. And um, and Patty was really, she was really great at shaping, like really shaping, saying, you're you're attempting too much with this draft. Mm-hmm. Cut it out. These cut are this the part darlings yeah. that go into the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Yes, okay. Dramaturgy yeah. became very yeah. important to the, the development of Frank. And so, uh, you know, I haven't... I dramaturged in college quite a bit, and and then I kind of just like we got coffee and I just sat down and I made you babble about it, and then (laughs) and then he said something and I was and he's like, so I'm trying to do all these things, and I was like, stop, that's what it is. You're trying to do two. You're Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. sort of trying to do all these things, and I was like, you're sort of trying to do things. Mm -hmm. Pick one thing and do it. And this is why it's ridiculous that Patty forgot to mention that she was the director for these pieces. What beautiful <laughs> collaboration. Was. It was. And, and I do think it was really important to us that it was a whole evening. Mm-hmm. Because so often mm-hmm. one acts, you know, people will go and be like, oh, can I just come to your one act and then leave afterwards or just come to the second one? 
And we really didn't want that. It's a whole experience of theater. Yes, there are different playwrights, different storytellers, um, but I'm really happy and proud how we want it to be one theatrical experience for people to come to. One big part of that, too, is um, part of the reason that we're doing this interview in the dressing room, which is <laughs> a, a very, uh, I, I don't want to say extravagant, because that's not the right word, extravagance wrong. It's uh, a very large and involved, uh, I guess, maybe, and uh, technically mm. beautiful set. Um, talk to me about that and how that came about. Um, so that actually came about, that was a bit of a collaboration as well. I think that's why we're so proud of this project. Wait, a bit of a collaboration? It's almost like we have a company called Hunger and Thirst. <laughs> amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Collaboration, hey. indie theater, snap, snap. right? Um, so uh, Patrick Horn, who also acted in Screwed, uh, basically while we were reading the show, would just start sketching. And so he actually, he built the platform, he built the main piece and then uh paul kite constructed uh the system which if you don't know what that means you should come to the show and see it thank you thank you i tried to do what i can um but ben charles and ben charles did the video but in terms of the 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 set set itself uh so you know patrick built most of it and then paul uh Mm -hmm. constructed the two system pieces Um, but, you know, Patrick had the vision from the get-go of how the set can deconstruct as we go from, the, because the first piece is very constructed language. Um, we called it, uh, what was the, constructed surrealism, because it's a very constructed play in terms of use of language, but it deals with a potentially supernatural surreal topic versus bottling is a deconstructed hyperrealism because the language is so fragmented there's this beautiful poetry to it but it is and but the plot itself when you boil it down is quite simple versus Scrooge's pl- right Scrooge's plot is incredibly complex mm-hmm. so um, his vision for it was how we go from a very constructed set to a deconstructed set um, and how the set could devolve and expand. I want to spend a little time talking about both of those pieces too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll start with uh, you guys are both in bottling, and it is uh, as Patty just mentioned, like this very deconstructed and and um, uh, fragmented sort of narrative in the way that it's uh, the way that it's told to us, the language that we're presented with. And I'm always curious about an actor's perspective on that because. I haven't had the, the privilege of acting in something like that myself, and I'm an awful actor, so I wouldn't have a good perspective no. anyway. But it's, it's uh, well, I'm often on the other side, and I'm interested as a director to work right. on things like that. But as a performer, I'm like, so are, what, how are y'all doing this? Because like it feels different. So this is like the, uh, maybe like a slightly heavier version of the, how'd you learn all those lines question. <laughs> but really, like, how, yeah. do you, how do you like latch into a play when, the language is told in a, a less like if then sort of way. I mean, that's a great question. <laughs> and and honestly, um, you know, originally when Emily, the playwright, had asked if I could take on this role, my um, my instinct was no because it was such a challenge because it was so complex, and I was worried that I would not be able to figure it out. Um, but, and definitely our first read through was just sort of saying things. Uh, if you get a chance to look at the script, it's fascinating. There's almost no punctuation, Mm -hmm. very little. Um, it's almost sort of written as poetry. 
Um, but what I found and was really glad for diving in, um, Paul Kite, our director, was huge in heralding its just making this possible. Uh, is when things are not so obviously connected, you get to A, use a little more of sort of your own creativity. Like, okay, wait, yeah. whoa. And the way that I thought things connected were different than Paul thought they connected or Emily, but it really, because the text is open, it leaves you with so many more decisions. It means you kind of have to do a lot more um, background work and text digging, but then it gives you so much freedom to really personalize it and actually um, shape this character in such uh, an individual singular way, which I really loved. And what was so helpful for me in rehearsal is I'd kind of have vague ideas. Okay, so I think this is saying this and this and bringing ideas. And then Paul was, was great with being like, okay, so this, you're just sort of saying the words. What's going on underneath? Can we connect this and this? Oh, I think so. And um, so it's been fascinating. And it also, every single time, and I'm sure through the 26th, we'll find a different connection or a different mm -hmm. way to make it actual real as opposed to just sort of poetic language. Yeah, I think it's interesting because if you read the script and you had said that, it's, it's definitely like people who've read the script and then they see see what we did will be like, oh, that's what that was. Or mm -hmm. which is, and I think, and I've also, this sh so this show was workshopped once, I think it was last year. I think, I think it was a few years, few years ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had seen that production and when I read the script, I was like, oh, this is, I had a totally different connection to which I was like oh that's that's cool like I was like I see something totally different and that in that way it freed me up and I think that might also be one of the fun things of doing a show like this is a different cast could do it and they probably would mm -hmm. find totally different things um for me it was grounding the the hit of it was like relationship was mm -hmm. the main thing for me and I think trying to find a way to ground it in something that was real i think was part of the task mm -hmm. to me because it 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 could go you could like you could get caught up in trying to be like what like am i my am i in like the year 29 like 2019 or the year 3200 or something mm -hmm. is that 3200 <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah you know it, it, like she was saying it leaves you up like a lot of room to make choices mm -hmm. so like and then in, get in the room and then say, are we all on the same page? And then hash it out and be like, no, I don't think that's what that is. No, I think that's what, no, that's not what that is. Well, yes, it cool is. cool, too, with that openness, like it seems like you have a lot of, uh, it, if everyone is doing their own interpretation, I bet that makes for a really dynamic room once you all get together because like, yeah. I think it's this, well, I think it's that. Well, let's put those things together and like, yeah. that's theater, right? Like we're having like this really great explosion of things interacting, right? Well, and yeah. I was telling them that, cause I'm not, well, I don't wanna get, but I'm not in the first few scenes of our piece and I, loved being at rehearsal and watching them because one little thing would totally change the way the scene mm -hmm. would go because it is less okay is this scene about connection is it about ripping things apart it's mm -hmm. really could go either way so it was great watching uh paul and dylan and uh phil all really kind of on the battleground 
But in, you know, yeah. a creative supportive battleground. <laughs> I mean, I... That's I, a pull quote yeah. right there. A creative supportive <laughs> battleground. I love that. I think, I think another thing that I enjoyed about this process is it really gives me, like, for me, like, a sense of ownership hmm. of, like, like, we've really, like, like, I'm not just, like, like, I've found choices that I think that I've made specific choices about specific things, and there's no, like, half choice. It's, like, mm. you're either going mm. for it or you're right. not, and it, there, some things do, like, I think change in the moment, like, not choices, but, like, there will, like, you see something differently depending on night to night, which I think probably is what should be happening, <laughs> but it doesn't change the story necessarily, but I think... Yeah, it's this show. I think you have to take on a sense of ownership in order to actually, like, be on stage doing it. And an equally exciting show is happening before it, <laughs> and uh, with the title of "Screwed," right? Yes. <laughs> you might not immediately realize that this is actually a play on "The Turn of the Screw" by Henry James. Uh, so. That's, uh, I mean, I was a bit surprised at what the whole night that I got just because it was like, oh, Hunger and Thirst. I saw them do Your Visible Corset last year. It's October again. I'm totally good. And we're doing Turn of the Screw. Sweet ghost yeah. day. Um, no, that's not really what's going on here. Um, in, in typical Patty fashion, you are taking a, a great work of literature and putting a wonderful feminist touch on it. Talk mm -hmm. to me about that. Yeah, so... Uh... I, I revisited Turn of the Screw and trying to find inspiration for what I wanted to work on. And the thing that always fascinates me about Turn of the Screw is not necessarily the piece itself, but all the literary debate about it. Because there are a lot of literary critics who firmly believe there is no ghost and she's hysterical. And there are other literary critics who are like, no, Henry James wrote a bunch of ghost stories. That's what he does. It's just a ghost story. Why are we trying to make this a, a comment on the female psyche? And, uh, and I've always been fascinated. The end of the novel is, spoiler, um, it ends with the young boy dying in her arms. And that's how the novel ends. And revisiting it in 2019, I was like, profoundly sad at that moment because I was just like no one is going to believe her she's going to talk to the cops and when women come forward with their stories these days they're just not believed like they should be um, so kind of taking those two core ideas I very much wanted to create a piece that actually begins after the novel so it's the governess is has been arrested for the murder and it's a police officer trying to get her to open up and tell him what happened but he's a male cop so she's reluctant uh, and I was very interested in doing a piece that could happen in any room it's just very much it's not about tech as much of mm -hmm. it is just these two people in a room alone together both with their wants and desires and trying to Which is really battle cool it because out. Which is really in another, it's like, it's another like highly theatrical thing. Right. Just in the opposite direction in the sense of like a, it's just words. Yeah. It's just two people, we're in a room together, this is the drama. Yeah. Like, and that was, I, I really liked that pairing on the night. Like, mm -hmm. it's, we go from, we, we see some yeah. very different extremes. Yeah. 
and yeah and i think you know we're gravitating towards work that is inherently inherently god i can't talk theatrical <laughs> yeah i'm just like i just you know i got thrown in a lake spoiler alert you fixed your mascara since then right it's actually just eyeliner um uh but yeah it was running today um but uh works that are theatrical and you know we choose to do theater not make a movie or you know a web series or things like that and so you know I'm on I'm always looking for pieces that we want to do on stage with a live audience um, and both these pieces fit that right on the head into entirely different ways so that's also very exciting to me and then Frank as well is very theatrical in terms of being kind of this narrator character I think that's a brilliant place to end this. All right. Lovely, lovely wrapping up there. Um, the show is Strangers in the Night. We are at the, is it the West End Theater? West End Theater. I always worry that I'm saying it wrong, even though I've worked here like decades ago. Not decades ago. It felt like <laughs> before my child. Uh, we So West End Theater, a year I'll run through October 26th. That's correct. And tickets and more information can be found at? Hungerandthirsttheater.com. Brilliant. Thank you all so much for doing this. Keep breaking legs. Thank you, Patty, Phil, and Natalie, for hanging out after the show to chat. You can catch Strangers in the Night at the West End Theater, 263 West 86th Street in Manhattan, through October 26, 2019. Head to hungerandthirsttheater.com, that's theater with an R-E, for a link to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at Robert Gagno, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show. Thank you again. Yes. Thank you. Yay. Yay. Thank Sweet. You so much. Cool.